Chapter 56 Gustav bit back a smile at Marquis Corbo's scandalized expression. That alone would make removing his shoes worthwhile. But the relief in Lady Mare's eyes when she stood barefoot made it doubly so. Why had she suddenly decided shoes were necessary? They obviously aggravated whatever condition caused her pain. Gustav wished he could offer more assistance and find a way to cure her permanently. Perhaps he could. There were other doctors in Montaigne who could offer opinions. He would do whatever was necessary to help her. She clung to his arm as they entered the ballroom and brilliant light washed over them. Gustav descended the stairs slowly to make sure she could keep up. He glanced over to make sure she was well. She smiled and took his breath away all over again. Gustav's stockinged foot slid across a marble step, and he turned his attention back to walking. The last thing he needed was to fall down the stairs at his birthday gala because he was distracted by a pretty girl. She was beautiful. Gustav studied the room to help him resist the temptation to stare at Lady Mare. The ballroom was a dazzling display of white and gold. Marquis Corbo had filled the room with white flowers arranged with intricate golden filigree ribbons. Hundreds of candles added a soft glow. It was luxurious without being gaudy. Much as Gustav hated to admit it, Marquis Corbo had outdone himself. If the decorations were muted, then the guests provided the color. Their bright gowns and suits filled the dance floor like a field of wildflowers. They applauded when Gustav reached the bottom of the stairs, and the orchestra played a fanfare to announce his arrival. Colette and the rest of the royal guests followed behind him. Then four soldiers carried Dowager Queen Bernadine down the stairs in her wheelchair while Thomas walked beside her. When everyone was settled, Gustav turned to address his guests. I thank you all for taking the time to attend my birthday gala. The past year has been difficult for Montaigne. My father. He stopped and looked to Colette. He was tempted to explain everything and hope someone in the crowd had answers. Colette's lips twitched into a frown, and Gustav nodded. There were friends here, but also potential enemies. Best to keep King Francois's condition a secret for the time being. My father would be proud to see that Montaigne thrives. He would be proud that we have come through the Kraken attacks and still have cause to celebrate. He would be proud to see friends and allies gather together. Gustav nodded to the group of foreign royalty standing behind him. Prince Leonardo, Princess Lenora, Prince Edric, Princess Serafina, and Prince Massimo nodded back. Well, Massimo bounced more than he nodded, but the sentiment was there. Edric's crown slipped over his forehead. Lady Annabel reached up to straighten it. Lady Mare snorted at the gesture, and Lady Annabel gave her a nasty smile. Elaine looked amused by the whole thing. Gustav would be so glad when this evening was over. He had been worried that Lady Annabel might try to stay after the gala and keep pursuing him, but she seemed to have transferred her attention to Edric. She stayed close to the Eldrian prince, watching him with a gleam in her eyes that said anyone who wanted to dance with him would have to go through her first. Good luck to both of them. Gustav shook himself out of his musings and realized he had not finished his speech. And of course, Father would be proud of our family and the loyal council members who continually serve Montaigne. I would like to give a special thanks to Marquis Corbeau for arranging this evening's festivities. 
Marquis Corbo bowed as everyone applauded enthusiastically. His face glowed with triumph. Gustav shared an amused look with Lady Mare. Are you ready to dance? He whispered. She nodded and followed him to the center of the dance floor. Was she nervous? Or was there another reason for the tension in her eyes? Whatever it was, he would find the cause and fix it. Gustav put his hand on Lady Mare's waist and pulled her close. As soon as this gala was over, he would take all the time he needed to win her heart. Chapter 57 The scent of flowers mixed with the fresh sea air that blew through the ballroom. Open doors led to balconies with views of the ocean. Fjord could just see the glint of moonlight on the water. Barely hear the waves. Then the orchestra began to play, and Gustav's hand was on her waist, and they were floating across the dance floor. Fjord rested her hand gently on his shoulder, determined not to show how much her feet still hurt. Being barefoot made standing tolerable, but dancing was another matter entirely. But she would do whatever it took. This was her last chance. It felt like the ballroom floor was made of knives, but Fiora ignored the pain and kept smiling. The crowd whispered around them, doubtless wondering why the king was not wearing shoes. Are you well? Gustav whispered. She nodded, suddenly wishing very much that she had her voice and could tell him everything. Because this man deserved the truth. It was the one thing of value that she could offer him, and it seemed far too little after all that he had done for her. Gustav led her across the floor, spinning her until she felt like she was back in the ocean floating weightless in the waves. Fjord knew she should feel nervous, but she didn't. The crowd didn't matter. Not when Gustav looked at her like that. Not when he smiled. Not when he slipped in his socks, and for once, she was the one helping him to keep his balance. He laughed out loud, finding the slip more amusing than embarrassing. Fiora grinned and laughed silently with him. As soon as the dance ended and she had free use of her hands, Fiora would ask if they could slip away so she could tell him the truth. It would be difficult. Where to even start? But she knew he would wait patiently until she found the right words. She would take him to one of those moonlit balconies overlooking the sea, and she would tell him everything. And she would pray that the light in his eyes didn't dim when he learned her true name. When he learned that she had to leave him. She didn't want to leave him. The music began to slow, signaling the end of the dance. Fiora swallowed a lump in her throat. This wouldn't be easy. One by one, the instruments dropped out until only a solo flute played. The melody twisted and twirled as Fiora and Gustav circled each other. The dance was slowing, but Fiora's pulse quickened. This was it. As soon as the music ended, she would make her confession. But the music didn't end. A woman's voice joined the flute, transforming the solo melody into a sensuous duet. Gustav slipped again, and Fiora caught him. She wished she could ask if this was part of the plan. She glanced at the orchestra, but couldn't see the singer. The musicians looked puzzled. Should she keep dancing? The confused flutist finally stopped playing, but the singing continued. The woman's voice grew until it filled the entire ballroom. What language was she singing in? The sound echoed too much for Fiora to make out the words. Gustav stopped dancing, and Fiora crashed into him. He held her close, 
his arm around her waist to keep her from falling as he looked for the singer. Everyone in the ballroom did the same. The voice seemed to come from everywhere at once. Then the doors at the top of the staircase opened, and a young woman in a golden gown stepped into the room. She glittered in the candlelight as she descended the staircase, her appearance almost as enchanting as her song. Gustav's arm dropped from Fiora's waist. She reached for his hand, but he shook her off and walked slowly towards the singer, leaving Fiora alone on the dance floor. The woman smiled at him and kept singing. The candle seemed to move in time with her music, glowing golden around her. She reached the bottom of the stairs and reached for Gustav. Her smile was bright and innocent, as if she were completely unaware of the commotion she had caused. When she stopped singing, the silence in the ballroom was almost as captivating as her song. Fiora's breath caught in her throat. She knew that smile. She would know it anywhere. Elspeth? Her sister's red gold hair gleamed as she stood hand in hand with Gustav. Her green eyes glittered. Gustav stood still as a statue, staring at Elspeth like a man entranced. Colette waved, trying to get her brother's attention and sign something to him, but he didn't notice. Your Majesty. Please forgive me for being late. Elspeth's sweet voice rang through the ballroom. Her smile was pure sunlight. The space around Fiora seemed to darken as Elspeth glowed in her golden splendor. I suppose I can forgive you since you saved my life. Where have you been? I have been searching for you since that day. Everyone in the ballroom gasped. This was the mysterious girl who had saved Gustav on the beach. Fiora shook her head. That was impossible. She hadn't seen the woman's face that night because of the cloak, but how could it have been Elspeth? Why would her half-sister have been on a beach in Montaigne? She was supposed to be in Kel. Fiora looked to the royal family. Princess Colette and Dowager Queen Bernadine seemed just as surprised as she was. Perhaps even more so. Princess Serafina stood beside the Dowager Queen and watched Elspeth with fierce eyes. Elaine's gaze was questioning as she looked from Gustav to Fiora. Marquis Corbo looked absolutely delighted at this turn of events. Elspeth ducked her head in the shy, maidenly way that Fiora had seen many times before. Forgive me for hiding, Your Majesty. I was not sure if you felt the same way I did, and I could not bear to face your rejection. But the longer I waited, the more I could not stand to be apart from you. I decided the invitation to the gala was my best chance to meet you. The Marquis puffed out his chest with pride and shot a meaningful look at Dowager Queen Bernadine. The Queen looked from Fiora to Elspeth with a scowl. Please, what is your name? Gustav sounded so eager to know. Fiora swallowed her hurt, desperate not to cry. A chill spread through her chest as her body slowly went numb. Gustav seemed to have forgotten she existed. How could he abandon her so easily? I am Princess Elspeth of Kell. It sounded like a song, the way she said it in her lilting accent. The guests gasped again. King Gustav's mysterious savior was a princess? What could be more perfect? Princess Elspeth, will you do me the honor of accompanying me for the first dance? Elspeth nodded, and Gustav beamed at her. There was a bright light in his eyes. A light Fiora recognized. A light she had thought was reserved only for her. She had been a fool. 
Fiora did cry now. Silent tears ran down her cheeks as Gustav took Elspeth's hand and led her to the dance floor. He had asked Elspeth to accompany him for the first dance. Had he completely forgotten that he had already danced with Fiora? Did that not count now that he had found someone else? Almost with realizing it, Fiora stepped back to make room for the couple. Elspeth took her eyes off Gustav for a moment and looked at Fiora with a triumphant smile. And just like that, it was all over. Fiora might fool strangers by changing her hair color, but not her sister. Elspeth winked, and there was no missing the recognition in her expression. Elspeth knew. Fiora kept walking backwards, too numb to do anything but retreat. The front row of guests parted, making a path for her so she could disappear into the crowd. Fiora pushed her way past them, suddenly desperate for fresh air. Music began. The orchestra played the same song, as if it truly was the first dance. As if Fiora didn't exist. As if she didn't matter now that Elspeth had come. Fiora tried to push to the edge of the ballroom so she could escape through one of the doors and disappear into the garden, but the guests pressed forward, eager for a look at the mysterious newcomer. The ocean glinted just out of Fiora's reach as the crowd swept her away. Chapter 58 A million questions raced through Gustav's head, but a golden fog swallowed them and swept them away. It swept everything away until he was only aware of the beautiful girl in his arms. Her smile was everything he had been searching for his entire life. It washed his doubts away until he knew only one thing for sure. She was his love. His destiny. Marry me, Elspeth. Of course. She said the words in a soft, lilting accent that was more song than speech. It thickened the golden haze in Gustav's mind and steadied his resolve. Marry me tonight. Something flashed through her eyes. Triumph? If she hadn't been his one true love and the light of his life, Gustav might have thought she looked a little vicious. Of course, Gustav. We'll be married tonight. Now be quiet and dance with me. The music swelled, and Gustav spun Elspeth into his arms and dipped her towards the ground. He met his grandmother's gaze as he did so. Dowager Queen Bernadine looked furious about something. Why was she angry? Gustav tried to remember the events leading up to his dancing with Elspeth. Had something happened to anger his grandmother before the gala started? He couldn't shake the feeling that he had forgotten something important. Had she asked him to do something for her? He lifted Elspeth and stared into her brilliant blue-green eyes. She smiled at him and hummed along with the music. Her voice filled Gustav's senses and his worry disappeared. He had been trying to remember something, but there was no use thinking when Elspeth looked at him like that. He didn't even remember getting dressed that morning. Gustav looked down at his clothes, suddenly not sure that he actually had gotten dressed. He sighed in relief when he saw that he was wearing a light blue suit. Why had he chosen that color? This wasn't the suit he had planned to wear to the gala. And why was he wearing a boutonniere? Elspeth noticed him looking at the flower. She pulled the bloom from Gustav's collar and dropped it on the ground. Then she stepped on it, grinding it under her delicate shoe without missing a step in the dance. Shoes? Gustav wasn't wearing any shoes. How could he have forgotten to put on shoes? He was dancing with the love of his life, and he wasn't wearing shoes. 
It was rather embarrassing. Thank goodness Elspeth didn't seem to mind. You may propose to me publicly when the dance ends, King Gustav. He nodded, suddenly eager for the dance to finish.